Have you ever felt like the work you were supposed to love is instead sucking your soul and you aren't making the impact you always dreamed of making? If so, you aren't alone. From broke and underemployed to six figures plus, powered only by daydreams and grit, I realized I was burning out and my values of freedom, purpose, and making an impact were taking the backseat to my wallet. I realized that I needed to build my own field guide to awesome from the inside out. So I gave it all up and I traveled the world to rediscover what was most important to me and create a business that filled my pockets, filled my soul, and allowed me to multiply my impact. But the question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our community of experts and share the secrets of success from the inside out. My name is Trina Sarekia, and this is the Field Guide to Awesome. Welcome back to the Field Guide to Awesome, folks. In my last episode, we spoke with Derek Loudermilk. Derek is a former pro cyclist and extreme microbiologist turned professional adventurer, author, and lifestyle entrepreneur. His podcast, The Art of Adventure, has become one of the top entrepreneurship and travel podcasts. As an international speaker and trainer, Derek regularly presents on topics such as human potential, skill mastery, adventure, charisma, and confidence. In last week's episode, we talked about location independence, the power of stillness, lucid dreaming, and rewiring your neurons to permanently change your happiness or creativity set point. If you missed that episode, make sure to go back and check it out. But don't go yet, folks. My next guest is the mind shark, Joe Cursillo. Joe spent a career as a trial lawyer and as a performing mentalist. He earned the nickname the mind shark as he balanced his careers. He has spent his life being a trial lawyer and a student of persuasion, studying how people behave and how they are motivated. Along with being a popular author, he also has a popular TED Talk called The Mobilizing Power of a Unified Vision. Crisillo is also a celebrated author of several books, including Getting to Us, Discover the Ability to Lead Your Team to Any Result You Desire, What's Your Freaking Point, Maximize the Impact of Every Word You Speak, and Don't Be a Hamster, 30 Tips to Spark the Imagination of Busy People. He has both spoken to and entertained many big companies, including the San Francisco Giants, the Philadelphia Phillies, Merrill Lynch, Mohegan Sun, Remax, Amway, and Hershey Park. And as an author, business coach, lawyer, mentalist, and motivational speaker, he helps companies to thrive by focusing on the idea of having a unified vision. He has helped countless business leaders to improve their effectiveness by adopting and carrying out the mission. Joe specializes in helping companies to tap into the power of their millennial employees and bridge the gap between generations. Joe and I had a wonderful long conversation, so long, in fact, that I broke it into three episodes. This is the first of three. Now let's welcome the Mindshark, Joe Cursillo. Hey, Joe. I am so happy to have you on the interview today. I am thrilled to have you. Good morning. It's good to be here, Trina. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this interview for quite a while. I um, have teased my audience with, guess who's coming on? And then I put a shark fin up. <laughs> and they're like, is it from somebody from Shark Tank? I'm like, no, but he's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, build, build me up now. They'll be disappointed. Here we go. That's it. <laughs> no, no, they won't be disappointed. Uh, I know I never am when I talk with you. We'll have fun. Yeah. Joe, I've already introduced you, but tell, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Um, In your own words. 
I am, uh, I'm a recovering lawyer. Um, what that means is I now drink because I want to, not because I have to. <laughs> um, no, I spent 30 years as an attorney in criminal law. Um, I was a prosecutor for pretty much the first third of my career. And then I was a defense lawyer for the second, well, the second two thirds, the two thirds following. Um, and I was a trial lawyer. I did not like paper. I didn't like documents. I was the guy that wanted to be in the courtroom fighting tooth and nail. And that's what I did. Um, at the same time, um, I was a professional entertainer. Um, initially children's magician, um, doing a Hershey park, various places like that. And then, uh, I became a mentalist and at nights I was on stage and during the day I was in a courtroom and uh, pretty much I, people always ask me how I juggled that and the answer is they both involved human nature and that's what mm. I loved. I loved watching people to see what motivated them, what made them tick um, and uh, overlay on top of that, um, I think somewhere along my career I've had in my life, I've had more jobs than I care to count because I always wanted to experience other things. So I have done a lot of little jobs throughout my life that um, gave me a chance to understand people differently. And uh, that's basically my entire world is understanding how people operate. I am not a psychiatrist or psychologist. I, I tell people I'm not even a body language expert. I just read people because that's what I've been doing my whole life. So that's what I do. That's and so interesting. And it's such an interesting connection between being a mentalist and being a lawyer. It, it is. And you know, it's a lot of fun. And let me explain. And okay. A mentalist basically for those that don't know that word, some people look, what's a mentalist? A mentalist is basically a stage mind reader, um, or as I say, someone that is obsessed with the human mind. You know, what, what are people thinking? So to me, to give you an example of what happens, people always think about jury selection, picking a jury, and knowing what jurors are gonna make certain decisions. That is a key part of what my career was. Um, and you know, the people, I just did a radio interview where they brought up this TV show bull and I joked with them and said, I think I saw one episode and I didn't watch anymore because I realized none of my clients could ever have afforded to bring somebody in like that. But at the same time, I did that for my clients. I mean, this is how I rolled. Um, I always said the law got in my way sometimes cause I just cared about the people. Yeah. Um, but what people also like, for instance, you see on TV, they're cross-examining a witness. Um, and, and I always tell the story, it's, it's not mind reading, it's just watching. And um, I was engaged in cross-examining a woman on a witness stand once. And all of a sudden I, I looked at her as I'm asking her questions. And the whole time I'm talking to her, all she is doing is she keeps grabbing her thumbs like this. And I'm thinking to myself, that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Well, I saw it as I had her on the run and I kept pushing. And in about, I don't know, 10, 15 questions later, she actually started to backpedal and it became clear that she was lying. Mm. 
Mm. And later, by the way, I found out that when someone's protecting their thumb, that is the old, you know, you're sucking your thumb and the kid that was a valuable little thing when you're covering your thumb, apparently in body language, it's protection from something. Um, so I realized later she was protecting a lie, but I didn't know that. It was just me watching her and I wasn't reading her mind, but I went, something's not right. She's nervous. I'm going to keep pushing. And yeah. eventually I got her to admit to the fact that she really didn't see what she thought she saw. And, uh, but that, that's how the two came together. And, um, on stage, I always say it's just fun because if I'm wrong on stage, nobody cares. If I'm wrong in a courtroom, people went to jail. People care. So yeah. <laughs> people care. So you had to know. So, um, yeah, that's how they came together. Now, how did you start doing mentalism? Oh, that's an interesting story. Um, I was a magician. Well, pretty much from the time I was in college, I, I made my way through law school performing magic shows on Philadelphia's main line for kids' birthday parties. Oh, um, awesome. I had a wonderful scam going back then, and I was making a lot of money <laughs> to kids' birthday parties because uh, um, for those that don't know, Philadelphia main line was once the royalty of the U.S., and Philadelphia's royalty, Princess Grace, came from there, stuff like that. Well, I used to work that, and... They all wanted to have better than the next person. So if I charged a person more, they thought they were getting more and they could brag more. And I just kept going and I was having a blast. So that's how that started. And then I couldn't take doing magic anymore because I realized I was no longer original and I was just doing canned material. And it bored me really bad. Uh, my creativity had disappeared. And I gave it up and... Uh, Somebody came to me and said, hey, you should be a mentalist. And I said, no, that stuff's boring. I'm not going to do it. Um, then I met a, a gentleman whose name is Mark Salem, performed on Broadway. I went up to see his show. And bottom line is he's one of my best friends today. And I realized I could make it fun. So I have spent the last uh, 25 years doing everything I can to make it entertaining so I could get into people's heads and have fun with them. And that's what I did. And uh, uh, very fortunate, very fortunate career to be able to do two careers at the same time and enjoy them both. There's something quite handy about really knowing human nature and knowing people as a mentalist and bringing that into the legal profession. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, and I, I tell people, yes, you say bring in being a mentalist. It really is just caring and paying attention to people. Mm. So that's kind of what it was for me. Um, it wasn't the mind reading skills. It wasn't the um, stage mentalism parts. No, it was just paying attention to what somebody was behaving like and how they were acting. Um, and I, I want to say being a bit empathic to make sure that you could relate because if you're connected to someone on a certain level, whether you like that person or not, doesn't matter. You can actually figure out what they feel and how they react. Would you use the word intuition? You know, yes, I can. I will use it. Intuition is a very strange word. Mm. Um, intuition to me, intuition is just a gut reaction you have that says yes or no. Mm -hmm. However, um, I, 
I'm too OCD to say that I have intuition. And I'm also too ADD to say I don't. <laughs> um, but to me, what intuition is, is, and it's going to sound stupid, the only phrase I can come up with is you ask me that, because no one's ever asked me that before. Intuition to me is high-speed deductive reasoning. Mm -hmm. And that's really all it is. Um, so you have a reaction, and as long as that process goes, you're going to be right or wrong, and you make your decision. Um, intuition, though, is something a lot of people steer away from and get scared of. Um, and that's one of the reasons I, I use the word, but I hesitate because some people think intuition is a bad thing. Um, but really, it's just a skill of how fast can you process information. Yeah, one of the ways that I've defined like the difference between ego, ego is they tend to be fearful thoughts. Like if you decide not to do something, you can't because it, it might be a scary thing or something that um, would affect you. With intuition, it's just like this bone deep knowing and right. that you pull from all of the input around you because we, we always have like auditory, visual, um, micro expressions that you might see on somebody's face that you don't like logically identify as, oh, they're frowning. Right. But we, as humans, our brains um, interpret those micro expressions. We can sort of catch how people are feeling, what they're thinking, um, or what's happening in a situation. And we know at a bone deep level, there's like no fear. It's just like, oh, this. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a second part of that, which is once you've gotten to that place, do you have the guts to act on it? Mm. And a lot of people don't. Um, mm. So once you have that knowing, once you have that place, and that's one of the things I try to teach people when I, I coach and work with them is you got to trust your instincts. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you one of the awakening moments for me, I was in rural Pennsylvania. I had been booked to do a, a show at a Grange and uh, just good old salt of the earth people, uh, small town. I'm up on stage and I just pick people. I don't look for volunteers. I just say, you get up here, you know? And I pointed at a guy. The room sheared like you wouldn't believe. Um, the guy comes up on stage. He hammed it the whole way up the stage. Got up on stage. And uh, in the middle of talking to him, I turned and looked at him and I said, you haven't had this much attention since you were on the field did you and the guy goes no and i said did you actually finish your senior year or were you injured mm. okay the audience lost it and the guy looked at me and said i was injured i said were you the quarterback and he said yes wow. well okay let's break it down small town Everybody cheering their butts off. It meant the guy was famous at some point in his life. Here he is in middle age. He hands it up as he comes up to the thing. But as he walked up on stage, I noticed a severe limp. Oh, wow. And I, now, the first question was, you haven't had this much attention since you were on the field. 
if he didn't respond to me, I would have kept going. Yeah. But he responded. That told me my hunch was right. And then I fleshed it out and I got some great applause from it. But that was the step of being a mentalist was just acting on that. That same process applies to business decisions. Mm -hmm. And when you're dealing with someone, if they're having a problem, you want to talk to them and you need to pay attention to everything about them to see why they're having a problem. What is it that's causing them to have difficulty? And sometimes you're going to see that in their surroundings. Um, You might see something about them or you might overhear something, but whatever it is, you may find what it is that is causing them an issue. And you, you gotta be open to that. You can't just take every person and assume that people are fungible. So that's a comparative thing. But I mean, I did that on stage, but it was an awakening for me. And I went, well, if I hit that, I'm going to go with my gut anytime. So that's what I did. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. The conversation i I know that we could talk for hours and we have in the past Yeah, and I hope to have you back again. Um, Joe, where can people learn more about you? Okay. Yeah. Um, If you go to the, the mindshark.com, T-H-E-M-I-N-D-S-H-A-R-K.com. It'll lead you right to my website um, for, 2020. You can also go to my website via the virtual seminar.com. Um, that's my, I call that my, it's a back way into my website, but it's all of a sudden become important. So it's becoming a website name on its own right now. Um, and, uh, just jump on the internet, find me. Um, I, I don't think once you're there, you'll never have a problem being able to contact me. It's, options abound. So, and my books are all available. Uh, If you go there, you'll find a page on my books, but all my books are available on Amazon. So Joe Cursillo, C-U-R-C-I-L-L-O. You search me and you'll find them. And listeners, all of those details will be in the show notes. Cool. Cool. Thank you, Trina. That's good. Joe, it's been a pleasure. It's been awesome. Thank you. And take care of yourself and stay safe out there. I will. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Stay tuned for the next episode where we talk with Stephen Corley Randell. Stephen is a California licensed architect who specializes in residential work for more than three decades. His projects are built throughout California as well as across the country. His current focus is on helping other creative professionals build careers to love by focusing on four pillars of success passion, persistence, patience, and payoff. It's not what you think, so stay tuned to find out more. You don't want to miss it. Hey, thanks for listening. I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can immediately implement in your life or business. If so, one of the easiest ways you can help me and multiply your impact is to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and help me reach other heart-centered and socially conscious entrepreneurs like you. As a special thank you, when you leave your rating and review, you'll win a 15-minute free consultation meeting with me to talk specifically about your business. Just send me an email with an image or a screenshot of your rating and we'll schedule the time. Thanks again and be awesome.